If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everyone, to your Circle of Influence podcast. I'm your co-host, Amy Walker. And I'm Dr. Monica Ogando. Welcome to our show today. We are so excited that you're here with us. We're talking about a juicy one, a juicy one today. Um, and I'm going to oh, preface juicy. this with a confession. Mm-hmm. Can I give my confession? Yes. These are to my you, confessions. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love setting goals more than I love achieving them. So for me, you know, like the highest peak moment of excitement and love and like all of that is when the idea comes into my soul. That's the moment that is the highest, like, I mean, it's, it's like the orgasm for me (laughs) when, when the idea comes into my soul. And so when I was a new entrepreneur, I very rarely made my goals Mm -hmm. because I got all the like euphoria when I thought of what the goal would be. The setting Mm -hmm. of the goal process was addictive to me. Mm -hmm. The work, not so much. Mm -hmm. And because I got such this high in the goal setting and the visualization, this like the emotional void was filled there. Mm -hmm. And so I was okay with the fact that I was like, I could rationalize. It wasn't that I was really actually okay, but I was good at rationalizing myself out of the fact that it mattered that I was missing all my goals. So for me, this conversation is one that, um, it's almost like advice that I want to give to my younger entrepreneur self. Okay. Well, you know what? Also put in there the, the part of me that loves what you just said and, and can identify what you just said. But then she mm-hmm. takes it a new level and she's like, it's not over until I put it in a pretty planner or a, a really cool <laughs> spreadsheet. Yes. You know what I mean? Make a chart. Make a chart. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. perfect schedule. Hang it up on the wall. Yes. But yeah, that part is so fulfilling. I mean, do you still walk down the planner roll and just get all the good feels of like all the potential? All, the all of it. Oh, yeah. I love the planner aisle. I mean, I don't even use them anymore because I'm all online. I'm totally paperless, but, but I can still walk down it and like feel the euphoria. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That happens to me. And with journals, you know, because sometimes it's just like the the Mm -hmm. mind dump, the brain dump and the planning and the working an idea out on your head. And sometimes for me, it's easier to work an idea out in my head if I put it down on paper. So that's part yeah. of the planning process too, the brainstorming thing and making charts and flow charts and postcards and blah, blah, blah. And then th- that whole exercise is so fulfilling that you're right. Then it's like, ah, it's almost like it's as good as done because we live yeah. so much in our head and we're visionaries that it's like, if you can see it, it's as good as done. Now, somebody yeah. else executing it, that's what I hire people for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. So let's, let's talk about the difference between goal setting and goal achieving. Cause they are, yes. it's two different skill sets, right? And yes. some people are really good at goal setting, but they struggle with the achievement side. And some people are doers and they can, you know, they can hustle and crank stuff out, but they struggle with the vision side. Yes. So I actually, it's funny because I lived for many years and, um, many years didn't know how to turn on my vision. And then when my vision turned on, it was like so good and so beautiful and so strong that I, I shifted from a doer to a visionary. And then I had to find my way back to balance. Mm. And I don't know when the dreamer turned off, but I was clearly a dreamer when I was little. And then somewhere along the way, I learned that, um, being productive was better than having dreams. But for me, because I am naturally a dreamer, being productive without a vision is like, you, you're going to work yourself to death, but you're never gonna get there. So yeah. I would love to kind of speak to first, you know, how do you get started with creating your vision and creating your goals? Do you want to share some insights or ideas around that? Yes. So one of the things that we use in our, um, in CEO mastery is what I call the CEO mastery circle in my business. And we don't do any planning until and unless it includes how it can go wrong. And it can go wrong a variety of ways. It can be external obstacles or it can be internal sabotage. So remember when you and I were first starting the idea of starting the podcast together and this and that. And the first mm -hmm. thing that one of the first things that I said to you was, how could this go wrong? How could this influence mm -hmm. negatively impact our friendship? What is a sign that, that you're holding something or that there's resentment or that you don't want to do this or blah, 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 right? It's almost like planning the divorce before you get married. And right. when I do that, then when that wall comes, because eventually it'll come, you know, those, those inner ceilings are part of your zero to seven programming. They don't go away. You just learn to walk with them. Mm -hmm. So when those walls come, then it's like, ah, I'm not surprised. I'm not disgusted with myself. I'm not disappointed with myself because I already saw that coming and I already have a plan for that. When this happens, mm -hmm. I'm going to have that conversation. When that happens, I'm going to delegate to this person. And, and I plan that and I tell them ahead of time so that they're on my team about it versus me going down a shame spiral of I'm not equipped. And what if I'm not really cut out for this and blah, blah, blah. Cause then that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, when I'm working with clients, the very first thing that I have them start with is looking at that vision muscle as like a rubber band that you're trying to expand. And so getting really like taking what you know you want and putting it on the table. And I, I was having this conversation recently with a client who, as she was telling me what she wanted, it, my visual in my mind is like, okay, all you can see is a white room. What does the couch look like? What type of flooring do we have? What are the drapes? Yeah. Where, what's the layout of the furniture? You know, like I want you to explore this really bright, beautiful room that you're excited to go into because it was just like, I just am so passionate about helping people and I want to give them self-confidence and I want to, you know, change their lives. And it's like, okay, now let's design the room. Like, you know, the bright place you want to go to, but what does your office look like? What does your team layout look like? What, um, what types of places do you see yourself speaking? Like really make yourself walk through and define the details of that vision, because in the details of the vision is where I feel like the plan is born, but the emotion of the vision can keep you excited, but too vague to implement 
for a long time if you're not careful. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And um, another part that really works for me is getting, getting somebody else in on it, getting mm-hmm. somebody else in on the goal. For a long time in my younger years, I used to make myself wrong for quote unquote needing to have somebody to be accountable to somebody else. It was almost like, again, um, you know, when, when we talked about private reasons, secret reasons and private rewards in another episode, was Mm -hmm. it on this episode or another one? It might've been another one. You know what? It's funny. I can't remember. (laughs) I think it It was this one. one. Um, so I, I can't one remember. of the, I, I was like, it's, it's beneath you, Monica, to want somebody else's validation when your own validation will do, you know, I was kind of like a snob about it. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is it's not their validation that I want. It's their witnessing. And when somebody else yeah. witnesses you in your declaration of your goal and your pursuit and achievement of a goal that in itself can become fuel. You know what I mean? I don't need an atta girl. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that I promised myself this. And knowing that somebody has their eye on what I said to myself that I was going to do, that's sometimes fuel enough when, when I can't seem to drum it up myself. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the idea that any one of us is going to be enough on our own to accomplish everything is very... I mean, that's very ego-based anyway, right? Like, mm-hmm. I really think we're we are, none of us are, this is biblical. None of us are given all of the things that we need. We are, we have parts because we're supposed to all be one body and we are driven towards each other through need and necessity so that we can perfect each other and we can, um, you know, not be lonely and enhance relationships. And so it, it's just more fun. Can we just say that? Like, it's just so much more rewarding and more fun to have other people on that journey with you that can remind you to celebrate when you're forgetting to celebrate and um, keep you focused on what comes next when you are getting lost in the weeds of today, the details of today. So I think that's just, that's just part of being a human. I have Um, a story. I have a story. Yeah, go ahead. Remember, I think I told you about the difference between heaven and hell. I didn't tell you the story with St. Peter. Uh, I can't remember. It sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. I may have said it in another episode, you guys, so you might have to go back and I don't know, go find it. But if if you've heard it before, please bear with me. Point of privilege. So there's this guy that lived his life in such a way that he could be eligible for heaven and he could be eligible for hell. So when he Mm -hmm. goes to the pearly gates, St. Peter says, um, uh, I mean, which one do you want to go? Because you can go either way. You've kind of lived the kind of lukewarm in that way. And he says, well, I don't know. I need some information. Show me hell. So St. Peter takes him to the gates of hell and the gates open and out in the, in the back of the room, I guess, <laughs> follow me, right? It's a story in the mm-hmm. back of the room. Like there's this huge table with this gorgeous, delicious food of all colors. And it's just abundant and luscious and just a cornucopia of blessings. And hanging against the wall are these long handled spoons Mm -hmm. and everybody's suffering and there's gnashing of teeth because everybody's hungry and they cannot feed themselves because the long spoons, you know, you you can't hold it and then feed yourself. So they're all hungry. And then he goes, that sounds horrible. That sounds like an exercise in futility. And I can see why these people are miserable. Take me to heaven. So he goes to heaven. He opens the doors of heaven and there's the same setup 
it's the same beautiful uh, buffet table at the end of the room. And there's the same long handled spoons, but everybody seems very happy. And then he was, I mean, heaven and hell look kind of the same. What's the difference? And he takes, St. Peter takes a spoon, takes some of the food and hands it to him. And he says, in heaven, we feed each other. Mm. And I just thought, you know what? That's what I want my life to be. Yeah, that's beautiful. You have told me that. I feel like we talked about that when we were writing the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. That's, that really is beautiful that, you know, having our intentions around our goals be in the right places. So I do want to spend some time talking as well about the, the achievement side of goals. Mm -hmm. So goal achievement for me was, was a skill that I had to learn to balance with vision. Mm -hmm. And I am the most productive and the most successful when I have both. Um, and it is also, I think not realistic that we're going to have both at the same time. Monica, you and I talked about this in an episode a couple, couple weeks back, maybe four episodes ago, how sometimes you, you lose sight because you're in a hallway. It's like, okay, I'm going from one room to another. Now I'm in a hallway and that vision is really limited. It can't see everything that's coming in the next room ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And so it's your, it's your implementation that moves you forward. That's the one foot after the other that takes you from one hall to the other. Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't want to just sit in one room forever. You want to be able to explore the entire house. And so it's that balance of being able to have both of having the vision and having the activity. Mm -hmm. So for me, learning to be a good goal achiever was first getting the vision and then learning to make the implementation match the vision. A mm -hmm. um, couple things that I have learned is that I consider, and you may disagree with this, but I consider perfectionism to be implementation without courage because during perfectionism, mm. you are working on things, you know, mm. you're, you're, but you're unwilling to put it out into the world to have it come back being less than ideal. Yeah. And you cannot achieve without putting your imperfect offerings in front of people, because that's how they get perfected. Mm -hmm. You've got to figure out what is, you know, what's the prototype that I can send out and see how it works and let the people tell me what I'm missing and mm -hmm. then come back and do a little bit of a better job. So for me, perfectionism was one, like not figuring out how to put things out that were not like broken. You know, they were, it was a, it was a legit prototype but being willing to receive feedback that it was still needed a lot of work. That was one step that I had to go through in order to start achieving goals, just getting stuff out there. That's good. That's good. And uh, a, a couple of things come to mind with that. One is the minimal viable product. And mm -hmm. what is the definition of minimum, <laughs> right? And yeah. when I take my clients through that, the, the minimum requirements is that it, it needs to not cost you anything. Because sometimes when you're at, at that, like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work. The, the least requirement is that it doesn't negatively influence the rest of what you've got going on. Like you've got to, if you're, imagine your products or your programs or any new offering um, is like a new child that you're bringing into the world or a new pet. Let's, mm -hmm. let's call it a, a pet. If you're bringing a new pet and you already have like three or four different cats in your house, <laughs> this new pet has to be able to get along with the animals that are already in there. 
And if it doesn't, it doesn't match. It doesn't fit. So a lot of times what happens with the goal achievement part is that it's, it feels like a good idea to us. It's like a pet project, but it doesn't get along with the rest of your brand or your goals or your vision or what else you've got going on in your life, et cetera. So then it's like, you make yourself wrong for wanting this thing to succeed, but it just doesn't match. Yeah, no, that's really good. I have done that before. Yeah. Totally done that before. Um, in fact, if I'm being honest, my two, one of my first book is that like, it was, a, it's a great book. I really love it. Um, and everyone who has read it has really loved it. So for all 200 of you, thank you, you know, but like, <laughs> that's it <laughs> because it didn't have anywhere that it fit. So it was like buying a chicken when you have dogs who like to eat chickens, you know, like mm-hmm. it just wasn't Got, it was not a good idea. Yeah. So I love that. That's a great tip. You know, one of my other tips is um, actually t- creating an implementation or plan around the vision. Mm-hmm. So letting that be the thing that drives the action and consistently looking back, you, you have to look forward and you have to look back. So you have the vision. Now you look forward into what are my next implementation steps? And then you look back and you say, okay, are the actions I'm taking still in alignment with the vision and the goals? So it's that constant process of balancing those two. But mm-hmm. I, I love these days. I love a good implementation plan. Yeah. And the other part of it is giving myself the time to to do that. And what I have learned is to add it. If I think that's mm-hmm. something you and I are coming off of that big lesson for myself. If I think that something is going to take me a week, say that it'll take you 10 days. If you think it's going mm-hmm. to take you two weeks, say it's going to take you three because it's, it's way better. It feels much more rewarding to come at something early, like un- over deliver than it is to have to play catch up to yourself. Yeah. And you know, what's so different about us. And this is, I think, honestly, more of a phase of life thing is that I am more likely to get something done in a week than I am in three. So for me, it's reserving the week and dedicating the week to get it done. Cause I struggle like, especially if it's a project, my normal life takes up so much time and energy and effort that I've got to like, just block it and crank it. Mm -hmm. That is my best way to get things done. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good distinction. It's true. Whereas I um, need to space things out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you and know, what's funny is that it's for the same reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I think we just, you know, everybody has to honor their workflow. Everybody yeah. works a little bit differently. Okay. My last super juicy tip that I want to give is um, that I think there are three types of accountability that you need. One is that you need your team who is actually accountable to getting the details in the tasks done. Mm-hmm. The second is that you need your peer accountability, which is like Monica, you and I, mm-hmm. um, here's what I'm working on. Hold me accountable. This, you know, I'm getting lost in the weeds. Get, help me get focused again, like that type of yeah. accountability. And then I think the third is your, um, your strategist, the person who knows the path you're trying to take and is directing you along those steps so that you can get there more efficiently and more simply, more easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I like that. I like those different kinds of strategies because sometimes we, we want somebody to hold us accountable in a particular way that they're just not equipped to or willing to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like if you were to put me in the place of your team versus of being like your peer, that wouldn't work. I'd be like, where's my tech? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and vice versa yeah. you know if they're like if if you get somebody in your team to be kind of like your peer they'd be like ah oh, this is feels inappropriate <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you really do need those three different levels and the other thing is you know your peers never going to do the work for you right um the strategist is not going to implement for you um and so you know maybe sometimes sometimes your peer can feel fill the need of the strategist um like in our mastermind i think we do accomplish that but still it's good to have all three and make sure that you have all three. A lot of times I think we get two and then we feel stuck because we don't know what we're missing. Cause we're like, but I have support. I have a team and I have a coach, yeah. but you know, my coach just isn't enough for me. It's like that. Yeah. That's cause you also need a peer, right. <laughs> to keep yeah. you on board. So yeah. anyway, that's good. That's good. So what's the challenge? What's the challenge that we want to give our listeners? I think all of you listening need to be cleared for yourself about what is the goal that you want to achieve that you, maybe you've been setting this goal for maybe several years, maybe several months. You just keep rolling it quarter after quarter. Set yourself a plan to achieve it and then install the different levels of accountability that would have that goal be moved forward. Amen, sister. And honestly, if you want Monica or I on that team, we yeah. would love to be on that team. So, you know, you do not have to go it alone. And whenever you try to, it's the slower, harder path. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> how do you know? Just kidding. I've, been, I've done it. I've done it. I know. Me too. Me too. It's the worst. Don't want to do it again. Yeah. Well, we so appreciate you all being on with us today. Thank you for joining us in your circle of influence. We would love to hear from you. Please leave us a comment, uh, leave us a review. And if you are on clubhouse, come join us over there. I'm at Amy Walker and Monica, you want to tell them what you are? Yeah. Monica Ogando. Just like just like you would expect it to be. But we are going to be starting to do weekly meetings and um, just having some really interactive. When when I first saw Clubhouse, I was like, oh my gosh, this is an interactive podcast. It's yeah. like, instead of just recording the podcast, we can actually be talking with you and answering your yeah. questions while we're doing the podcast. So we're super stoked about the platform. So yeah. if you are over there, come and follow us and um, join us. And if you on need an invite, hit me up. I have some invites to give away. Oh, you do. Nice. Mm -hmm. I'm out of invites right now. So don't hit me up, but hit up Monica. <laughs> and then we look forward to um, engaging in a new, deeper, more interactive conversation with, there, with you over there. Um, we'll be going live weekly starting in February. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your day.